This one's going live. We now have the Reinventing the Tattoo channel live. Facebook, let's see. Okay. We've got, uh, yep, thank you very much for uh, bearing with me here while I'm doing this. Okay, so like I said, let us know where you're beaming in from the chat room and maybe tag a friend. Now would be a good time to hit the stories. This is a tale of two tattooers, a, a webinar I've presented. My name's Gabe Ripley, how are you? A couple of times and um, I'm gonna, uh, thanks Justin for beaming in. Uh, I'm just going to mute people as they as they come in. There's a Zoom link if you uh, if you're interested. Um, you are, would have already pre-registered, but uh, anyways. So let's see. So this is a tale of two tattooers. It's a webinar, and I presented it at uh, Jesus and the Venetian Tattoo Conference at the in, in Portland, Oregon, at Hell City. A couple. Of, anyways, it's it's pretty fun. It's about an hour long, and I'll do a Q and A afterwards. So please uh, feel free to ask questions in the chat room, but don't feel offended if I don't answer them right away because I'll be presenting them. And let's see, let me give you the lowdown for the Reinventing the Tattoo channel. So it is November 20th. This is a live stream and we are beaming out throughout the Reinventing the Tattoo Network where tattoo artists, apprentices, collectors, and the curious are all encouraged to join into these live streams to watch the replays, if you're watching a replay, uh, ultimately to share with each other, to get together in real life and whatnot, inspire each other, create better art and tattoos, in this case, better business together. So you might be beaming in from the YouTubes. Uh, we are also on the app store. So if you do a search for Reinventing the Tattoo in either Apple or Google, you'll find the Reinventing the Tattoo app. There is a Roku channel excuse me, that has 12 to 15 channels of the streaming going on at any given time, 24-7. It's like a tattoo network. It's amazing. And, uh, and all the major podcast directories, that is the Apple and Spotify and anywhere you could listen to um, podcasts. The, no matter where you are, you could always find the latest and greatest on the reinventingthetattoo.com website. There are free seminars available there. We don't teach you how to tattoo for free, of course, but there's like history lessons that are pretty awesome from Dre Brown and the Northwest Tattoo Museum. Uh, and there's also access to, I think, five to six regular live streams that happen every week on the Reinventing the Tattoo Network. There's a calendar right there on the homepage. If you are a tattooer or an apprentice, you should be going to reinventingthetattoo.com. Check out the, the free lessons on the Canon. It's a 400 a year, but it is so comprehensive. It has two years of Monday exercises on top of guest chapters from all sorts of amazing artists. It's out of control. The Reinventing the Tattoo Canon. Um, Let's see here. Let's see the last show. What day is today? Today's Sunday. So last show was one o'clock every Sunday at one o'clock Eastern. Jason Leeser hosts a uh, drawing group. Today I beamed in for a little bit, or I didn't beam in, I was listening in. They were talking about tattoo conventions. So he spends a lot of time on the road and there was four or five artists that were beaming in. So they were all talking about uh, tattoo conventions and how they could uh, you know, make better use of their time and packing tips and all that stuff. So anyways, there's a ton of great shows and i'm going to pretty much just get started here let's see um, okay i'm going to do one more round to make sure this is working then i'm going to screen share and get right into the presentation here awesome seems like everything is going as well as, as it seems okay so i'm going to screen share desktop two and then 
get to my PowerPoint. Oh, that's a, uh, this is a sneak peek at tattoos.social. It's a uh, algorithm free, ad free uh, Mastodon node for tattooers. But um, today we're talking, play from start, tale of two tattooers. Okay, here we go. Let me make sure that this is going out right. And survey says, is it working for everybody? Do you see my uh, screenshot here? Tail two tattooers. Come on out. Ah, shit. I'm doing my tech as well as. Uh... Okay, there we go. Voila. I'm presuming the sound is good. Let me know that the sound is good. Thumbs up in the chat room. Here we go. Um, okay, so I don't tattoo. My name is Gabe Ripley, and but I have been working inside of the tattoo world for over two decades. Since the mid '90s, I've been using uh, computers. I'm a computer geek, as well as business, and ultimately uh, inspiring people to create networks with each other uh, for artists to get together to teach each other. Again, kind of you know what we're doing here. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to go through a, a, a course that I that I started about, excuse me, that I wrote up probably like five or six years ago, um, in an effort to figure out how I could best help tattooers in every step of their career, in every stages of their career. And there were a couple of different ways. There's definitely um, you know there's different elements that are at work, and they change over time, right? So the ways that I could help apprentices are way different than the ways that I could help like a master tattooer, you know, like a guy or. Or, or somebody else of, of that uh, nature. So, uh, like I said, I kind of came up with this, you know, uh, story and this path. And the guy was uh, gracious enough to let me uh, use his artwork as backgrounds. So it makes it very easy to um, to talk behind it. Ha! Even though I'm nervous. Okay. <laughs> okay. So let's see. So, yeah, you know, one of the things I was thinking about when I was when I was putting my notes together is that um, there's so many different stories of tattooers right it's like almost everybody's unique and the power of tattooing is is amazing right for both the clients but also for the practitioners for the tattooers and so you know you can pretty much do it however you want to for good or bad and um but there's also of course very there's similarities right so like no matter if somebody's you know no matter what neck of the woods you're in or where in the world you are you know tattoos still are permanent on people's body you know so there's that that the effects of that you know or or you know, or everywhere. So anyways, um, the, the stories that I'm going to be telling for the most part are all true. You know, they're all uh, pulling from real life experiences from from artists that I've either experienced or uh, heard from. Um, names have been protected or have been changed to either, I don't know, protect the innocent or whatever. Uh, but anyways, let's see here. Um, oh, you know what? And so one of the things that uh, I was thinking about also was that I should bring everybody in as mute uh, automatically here, is that um, one of the things that ends up happening, right, is that there's an effect that, uh, you know, when you start looking for something um, or, or when you start becoming aware of something, all of a sudden you start seeing it everywhere. That's the effect, right? So it's like you could go through life never seeing, I don't know, a, a, a Jaguar car or whatever, or Mercedes or, or, you know, the cars are the obvious one. And then all of a sudden when you want to buy one, you see them everywhere, you know, even though they were always there. Um, so it's one of the things to, to kind of keep in mind, you know, from the very beginning, if you're seeking and looking for positive, awesome, great contributing effects and people, 
that's more likely who you're going to find. And if you're in a negative mindset, and I can't help you with this. I'm not, you know, I'm not a woo woo kind of a, a, a coachy kind of a guy, but, but, but the point is if you're in a negative mindset and you're looking for excuses or problems, you're going to find excuses and problems. So you just, you know, that's, that's one of the first things right out of the gate. Um, in any event, okay. So yeah, enough of the, the coaching woo woo stuff. Let's get to the seminar here. Um, okay, so what are we doing? We're going to be exploring the common forces uh, that are that affect tattooers throughout their careers. Now, everyone that's been watching this comes from a different background, a different culture, uh, different philosophies, you know, different politics. You know, and of course, everyone is in different stages of their life, right? Um, and in different stages of their career. Now, I used to go through. Uh, you know, this with one tattooer. And then I realized that if I used two tattooers or I talked about two tattooers, then that becomes the contrast. And so we'll see, you know, I've, uh, it's, I'm a little rusty and I've got my pencil. So I'm going to try to do my, my math and my notes. And I'm going to try to compare these two tattooers as we uh, walk through their hypothetical lives. Um, and we're going to talk about the forces that are at work from the very beginning and all the way to the bitter end, hopefully the, you know, the nice end, but who knows. Um, and with only about an hour, we're going to touch on the main points, but as you can imagine, uh, we could dive deep into any of these topics. Uh, and I do dive deep into any of these topics. Um, so who am I? Uh, if you're just kind of beaming in and you are just starting story, uh, my name is Gabe Ripley. I am a computer geek. And for the last 15 years, I've been, I had one of the most amazing jobs. I guess it's over 15 years now. <laughs> for Since the mid-90s, um, I've created an amazing job working with some of the world's most talented tattooers uh, between developing tattoo websites for Tattoo Now and recruiting uh, amazing tattooers to work at tattoo shops, uh, producing professional development events like the uh, Paradise Tattoo Gathering, uh, as well as small ones, uh, exclusive seminars with like Guy Aitchison or, or inspiring tours off in the in the woods with you know five to six people. Um, it basically engaged with a variety of different businesses, tattoo businesses, and different tattoo artists, uh, bringing thousands of people together, or like I said, you know one on ones with with consulting and whatnot. Um, you know, and because of all the amazing tattooers that I work with, you know, the, the, the questions for career advice and whatnot, you know, they're coming in pretty constantly. Um, so let's see here. Let me keep going here. Uh, so I'm a computer geek. Like I said, I started programming computers actually in the 80s. I was eight years old. You know, it's kind of like counting your apprentice years. You're not really supposed to. But uh, oh, wait, wait. Uh, Derb says that, right? So I've been tattoo. I've been programming uh, since the 80s professionally since the late 90s. Um, I did own uh, three tattoo shops, so they were all pretty amazing. And I do say failed here because I don't own them anymore. About four years ago, they they exploded. It was horrible, and I learned a lot of lessons the hard way, so that you don't have to. Uh, but you know, they didn't fail, you know, because they weren't working. It was doing you know over two million a year in tattoos, and, uh, and you know, it was amazing. Anyways, the shops were great, so I, I know that from uh, both points of view. Uh, I am a convention and event producer, uh, uh, again, like I was saying, events uh, large and small uh, all over the world. You know, thank you, tattooing. Thank you, tattooers. Thank you for people that are watching and anybody that's ever come to any of the events, you know, uh, literally from China to Australia to, to Europe. I haven't gotten to South America yet. I'd love to. Um, cerveza, fiesta, you know. Um, but anyways, uh Let's see here. And yeah, since the mid 90s, I've been doing this 25 years. I've uh, caught the whole roller coaster ride. If I could do something else, uh, believe you me, uh, I had the opportunity to, and I would. Um, okay. Hey, thanks, Bradley. That sounds great. Thank you for, for checking in. Um, let me check this. Uh... Hey, look at that. Kyle's on there working great. Amber, ah, we can see it. Fantastic. So also don't forget, you can put in your questions into the 
spots and then I will uh yeah I'll get to them in the end so let's see here so this is a familiar uh, infographic maybe um like I said I'm very thankful to the guy it makes it uh very easy to kind of actually do this stuff um now in an effort to organize my thoughts about how to help tattooers I set off to create a map of sorts you know to follow an artist from their start as an aspiring artist through landing an apprenticeship becoming an actual tattooer and then a long hard drive that some will undertake to become an artist of exceptional influence, so whatever the fuck that means. Ha, I put that in here in my notes. Um, but but the point is, you know, some people will take actions and their artwork will affect hundreds of thousands of people, you know, or I don't know, generate seven figures or, or of money or energy, right? It's not necessarily just the dough. Um, and it's funny because I say here anyone could be an accept artist of exceptional influence, and it kind of is true, right? Like some of the people that are at the top are like, well, if everybody else takes the same steps that I took you'd be here too, right? Um, and the, the truth is, you know, everyone probably can figure it out, but most people won't, right? Like, so this is kind of a little bit of a, you know, one of those contrasty things. It's like, anybody can do it, but most people don't care enough. They're not going to sacrifice enough. They don't see it enough. They're, uh, you know, well, we'll, we'll go over it all, right? Um, but, but the point is, you know, when thinking about this, you can actually map out, you know, the forces that will help and hinder us, you know, tattooers, you know, along the path. And, and it's been very useful. Uh, and again, you know, life is, <laughs> it's funny when I read shit that I wrote years ago, life is very unpredictable. Um, there certainly is a natural order and predictable rules, right? So even in my roller coaster ride, like people predicted it, right? It wasn't completely out of the blue. Anyways, um, you know, much like farming or like baking or whatnot, you know, there, there's ingredients and there's recipes, you know, and if you do it right, then you actually can consistently cook up uh, you know, some pretty amazing things. Uh, and then, you know, and again, working with Tattoo Now and with the events, I've, I've watched it happen uh, in hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, so uh, let's, uh, oh, okay, here we go. Let's imagine an indie movie with your favorite director and let's hear them in the chat. Uh, who are your, uh, 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 this is, I was trying to help people imagine these two different characters and uh, I'm not going there though tonight. Okay, so... When we're talking about uh, artists of exceptional influence, right? So, so many explain. Oh, I already explained this. I'm, many uh, they'll talk about how they don't necessarily feel super exceptional, right? They are just people that are, they and they all do have trials and tribulations and and, and struggles, just like everybody else. Um, and and often when regular tattooers, I hate to say it like that, you know, but often when people will meet uh, people of exceptional influence, right, and they realize, oh my God, wait, they're just regular people, just like me. Sometimes I've seen almost the opposite effect, which is, you know, they're like, oh, wait, you know, Jeff Goldberg, he's, I'm just like him. He's a real person. He's just like me or or whoever it might be. And and I said, well, that's true. You know, he is just a person. He's not a god. Uh, but on the other hand, like, just because you're the regular person and, and you can be there doesn't mean you are there, right? So there's, you know, it's amazing. The the, the psychology of all this stuff is amazing. Um, but let's see here. So uh, the ingredients, let's just talk about what it's going to take. And then we'll uh, talk about how these uh, affect you throughout the course of your career. Education, you know, it's um, vital. You know, it's probably the main core of all the solutions, right? The more educated we are, uh, both in uh, practice and in discipline, but as well as in uh, input, you know, then the farther we're going to be able to, you know, to take it. The more we'll be able to see, maybe, you know, the more we'll be able to think. It is what sets us apart our brains. I don't know. I don't need to tell everybody here that's watching this about the value of, educa of education, hopefully. It's really just math. Um, okay, practice, right? So I don't know. There's the 10,000 hours rule. I mean, for me, I don't know. That seems silly. If you're doing something for 10,000 hours, you better be fucking good at it. And I also know people that have done shit for 10,000 hours and they are still not good at it. Um, 
you know, the, the thing with practice is you don't want to just repeat things for 10,000 hours. You want to change what you're doing to, to, to pay attention to the effects, to do something a little different. And again, with tattooing, you got to be very careful. You're not just experimenting on people, right? But but, but again, with, with practice and tattooing, for instance, you know, people who learn in street shops doing three to five small walk-ins a day for two years, they just get more practice, right? Than somebody who's coming into it as, a, you know, in a private studio-y kind of a thing or, or, or in a slow studio uh promotion you know uh and, and, I, and it's rough because it's really difficult i know for a lot of artists and tattooers to like promote themselves right to, the, to say hey you should buy my shit and and, and one, one of the things i love about tattooing is um two things one is if you uh it's a really soft sell so it's like you really want to educate people about what you have but then let them do the the sales, right? You almost don't want to sell them. You just want to educate them. For me, I want to educate them. So my promotion is all about education, you know, and then when they want the best tattoo, you know, hopefully our artists or the artists that I'm helping promote would be the ones that they're looking for. Um, you know, networking, making, and again, as a, as a, you know, computer geek, you know, I'd rather, I mean, I am actually beaming out from my office, but, you know, you know, I'd rather be doing that. I mean, I, but I, I really do like hanging out with people in real life too, but, 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 you know, even though I'm a, somewhat of an anti-socially kind of, you know, uh, what do you call them? Uh, what's that word? People know it, the, the, everyone, it's a little bit overused in, in whatever, whatever it's called. You know, the fact is the more, the stronger your network than the, you know, the, the more everything works better. And it really is like, you don't want to be the smartest person in the room. You know, you want to be in a room full of smarter people. You know, you do want to be sure you're in the room with the right people pushing in a similar direction, right? It's like everyone, we can't all think the same, but we do want to be in a group of like-minded people pushing in the right directions, how we get a lot of good work done, right? Depending on the strength of your network. And this is where sometimes I've, I'll talk to people about uh, collecting email addresses or, or their contact database. And they'll be like, oh, I'm just a, an apprentice. I don't even need to worry about that. Now I'm like, wait, actually, you aren't, you might as well, you should start that. That's like the perfect time, right? Like, and I, if I think to myself, like if I kept track of every person that I communicated with for the last 25, 30 years in my contact database, like that would be unbelievable um, to be able to reach back 25, 30 years. And, uh, and you have the opportunity to now. So let's see, so supplies, you know, and of course you need to be using quality supplies. You can't always afford quality supplies. So you need to find that sweet spot. You know, luckily for tattooers, your apprentice, or sorry, your mentor is gonna be the, the person to help you uh, navigate those waters. Um, spirit, you know, this one's, a, this is the woo-woo one, right? Like either got it or you don't, right? Or, or that's not entirely true. If you don't have it, you could probably learn how to become in tune and get it, right? But the thing is, you know, the more spirit you have, what is, what is it that you have to say? You know, what is it that you're doing? What is the, you know, you could, you could, you know, presume you could render out the best that you, anybody can, like, you know, Nico or Alex or, or Ivan or whoever. Um, what is it that you're saying, right? What, what's coming out of your spirit, right? So a lot of, sometimes, remember, I heard, I heard Guy give some advice. I don't know if he picked it up from somewhere, but it was, um, you know, sometimes the only advice is just become a better person. Like, like just, you just have to work on yourself sometimes, um, your spirit, right? Um, okay, then there's sacrifice. And this is one that most people, uh, especially these days, won't won't sacrifice enough. Now, again, you don't want to sacrifice unnecessarily. You don't want to, you know, sacrifice needlessly because that's not sustainable. Um, but on the other hand, it just takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of sacrifice of all you know and, and and when we talk about this later i'll talk it's like whatever it's almost like whatever it is that you don't want to let go of is almost what you have to like 
what almost what you have to let go of, unless it's positive, right? Or at least I guess you have to let go of all the negative. I don't know. We'll talk about it later. And then finances. Obviously, um, you need to keep track of money and business. And this is where one of my biggest weaknesses is I, I don't really, I don't prioritize it enough. Um, so if you're looking for the financial expert, I could point you in the other the directions that I'm trying to go to. Okay. Okay, so it looks like we are still working. The chat room's going. Fantastic. Okay, so let's start our journey here. Um, now, before our artists, and we have, I suppose, two of them, right? Before they land their apprenticeships, uh, they're starting to build some of the essential skills that are necessary, right? Now, these skills are going to form the foundation of their career and really foundation of their habits. And we all know lots of shop owners who will not uh, re-apprentice people because you have to unlearn all those bad habits, right? And this is what we're talking about, like the, the foundational skills and habits that you pick up right away are so important. Um, so let's follow our hypothetical tattooers as they build up their skill sets in different ways. Oh, I'm really hoping my notes uh, stay this updated. Um, oh, I've got, a, I got somebody in the chat room here. Ah, uh, Justin is looking in the background. Yeah, awesome. No problems. We'll have a, a Q&A will be uh, after this. And if you're watching and you want to zoom in, uh, we could get you the link for that. But uh, okay. So let me uh, see if I can move to the next slide. There we go. Okay. So one of the strongest forces at work is the desire for continuous improvement, right? And we all know many artists uh, who think that just good is enough, right? And actually that's, you know, one of those sayings, good is uh, an enemy of great, right? Uh, to be great, to be truly great, really routine of professional development is an invaluable tool. Um, discipline, you know, it's really easy to be disciplined when things are easy, right? So, you know, but pushing boundaries and breaking through barriers uh, inherently is not easy. It takes a, a disciplined personality to, to push through discomfort, right? Without discipline, it's really easy to settle for good. I mean, I think that's one of the, the special forces uh, sayings, right? If uh, when, when you're when you think you're done, when you think you're at your max, you're at forty percent, right? Um, drink more water, get some more oxygen in your system, and just you have to do it. You have to be disciplined enough. Uh, to get through it. Um, having a healthy work ethic, you know, and this doesn't necessarily mean working 80 hours a week for 30 years uh, and yourself into the ground, I hope. Um, but it does mean making sure that you work will work enough. Uh, you know, you got to work enough. It, it takes a, a, you need to show up to work. You need to be focused on it. You need to leave your, your shit behind, right? You can't bring your drama. You need to be there to work, to produce, right? And one of my favorite uh, tattooers and artists is uh, Sean Barber. He's, you know, he's fun. He's really fun. He's amazing. He, and he's and he's caring and he cares about you. And he's there to work, right? But he's there to have fun. It's fun work. But, you know, you, you got to have the work ethic, you know? And then, uh, okay, so we could uh, we could start the math here a little bit. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll start here right, right out of the gate, right? So let's just take uh, one hour of uh, professional development uh, a day, per, you know, improvement a day. This is, you know, people in the very beginning of their careers, right? You probably have way more hours than that, right? Um, you know, if there's 365 days a year, you know, 
that's well, 365 hours, right? Um, you know, if there's another apprentice who's doing it, you know, four hours a day, right? There's 1200 uh, hours, you know, extra, right? Uh, math that stuff out for 10 years. And all of a sudden, you know, the people who have, uh, you know, or who are putting in the time all of a sudden, and again, it's how you get to that 10,000 hours, you know, and again, 10,000 hours doesn't mean anything except for you spend a lot of time on it. You have to do it smart. Um, okay. So now our artists, uh, you know, they're, they're, they've been working a little bit and, you know, they're starting to get critiqued a little bit here. Right. Um, you know, and really you need to be able to take a healthy critique, you know, learn how to recognize uh, good criticism from the bad, um, learn how to not take it personally and how to use, you know, other people's, you know, learning how to use other people's advice uh, is essential. You know, it's how you, you know, hopefully how you learn. And then when you use it productively and the first people who gave you the advice see that inherently they're going to be more open to, to giving it, you know, more, some more to you. Right. And, uh, you know, one of the things I've seen, you know, I work with Guy is that, you know, he gives to so many people, uh, they give back. Right. So that's kind of thing. Okay. Okay. So now we have our two artists, and um, they're getting an awesome critique from, uh, you know, a young master I have here, right? And and we all have overheard these types of critiques. Each point, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so how about this? So there's, there's two artists, right? And um, they're getting critiqued. And uh, one of them actually, you know, is accepting the critiques, right? And the other one, as, as they're going through, it's like, um, you know, oh, you need to strengthen up your lines or whatever. Oh, yeah, I knew that. But, you know, the client was this you know and then the oh you know what this would be great but this really needs another that oh you know what but this or that it comes up with excuses every time right and actually i remember one time specifically i watched an awesome tattooer do this and um like you know for 10 minutes it was painful like he, it was just like all those excuses like oh well this or that and then when when the when the guy was done when the artist when the tattooer was done giving the critique they were like okay you know, you can't show me your portfolio again until you do all of those things in your head that you think that you should be doing, that you know you should be doing. All those things that you told me that you knew you should be doing, then you need to do them. And really, that is one of the main things that really separates out, you know, some masters from, from amateurs, right? And, and sometimes it could just take practice to really understand critiques and to take those critiques and, and actually put them into action to understand. Um you know, and so here we go. So we have one of our artists who's going to get a professional critique once a week of their artwork, you know, compared to another tattooer who actually doesn't even take it very, very well, right? That could be, you know, 52 critiques a year, you know, you know, that's a, that's an amazing amount of awesome critiques compared to somebody who's not getting any, right? Again, map that out 10 years, 520 critiques, you know, that's worth, you know, a a tremendous amount, right? Okay, so replication. At this point, um, the artists are often, as, as everyone here has experienced, you're often just replicating things that you that you enjoy, right? And uh, and again, you need to be careful that you're uh, expanding your skill set so that you can understand how to how to render, uh, you know. But you're not doing it necessarily. You're not like passing off all the work as your own. You're not like ripping shit off, right? Um, you know, in the replication, that's going to be useful, obviously, for flash tattoos and for you know a lot of tattooing, right? Uh, you know, or, or uh, photorealism and stuff. Um, exploring, right? Let's not get uh, stuck in ruts. Make sure that you're starting a routine, or if you can, start a routine from the very beginning of, again, expanding your mind to other cultures, to, to travel around a bit. I guess we talk about travel more, but, but really, at this point, just making sure that you're not going to be 
and, and again, there's a million different ways to do it. Everyone has their own, you know, but um, it's beneficial to have that open mindset, right? To not get stuck in the spots that you're at, to really be uh, anticipating and enjoying, you know, experiencing the variety of life, right? So now we have, uh, now our, our artists, a couple of years later, right? We've got them, um, they're uh, talented artists with technical skills, right? And they want a tattoo. Um, they're on their quest for an apprenticeship, right? And and really often the, the hard part isn't necessarily finding an apprenticeship, um, as hard as it is, but finding a good apprenticeship uh, is even harder. Uh, often travel is going to be necessary. Uh, it depends on where you are, I suppose, and what the action's like there. But um, for the most part, if you're looking to get a good apprenticeship at a, with a good shop with, with awesome artists, you're probably going to have to travel. You know, you, you might even have to travel to get the art schooling necessary to be attractive as an apprentice. Uh, you know, again, these days, it's getting harder and harder. It'd be interesting to know if people in the chat rooms, let me know how much art training you had and how much traveling you had to do to, to get your apprenticeship. It'd be interesting for all the other uh, people to, to, to know. Um, and I know you're watching because I can see you on here, everybody. So please get in, into the chat rooms. Let, let me know, you know, like I said, how long it took. Did you, did you, did you spend years? Did you have to go into hundreds of, of tattoo shops? Did you have to travel halfway across the country? Um, or did you just start off like in Chicago when your you know tattoo artist said, "Hey, let's let's do this." Um, uh, it's always fun to know. In any event, the the point is, uh, the more you're uh, open to traveling, then the more options that you have. Um, you know, networking, of course, this is what I was talking about earlier, is going to be uh, helping you expand your opportunities. You know, just straight up, the more people that you're that you have positive relationships with that you're contributing to, that have your best interests at heart, because you have their best interests at heart. Um, you'll find then there's going to be more paths that could come in your way, right? There's They have books on like creating your own luck and that kind of stuff. Um, oh, I have it right here. Luck is not random. You make your own luck. Go figure. Um, okay, you know, so let's see here. So uh, artist B uh, does land an apprenticeship uh, in a year or two, kept on hanging out at the local studio, getting tattooed and cleaning up until they took him in. Uh, our first artist, Artist A, uh, they kept that refining their portfolio, right? So maybe it took them longer, right? So the, the, this is uh, the artist who's... Yeah, our, our, our responsible artist, artist A. Um, but because they've been feeding their visual library, right, they've been expanding their mind uh, and are exceptionally picky. They haven't, you know, really found a mentor they jived with yet, right? You know, tattoo you know, artist B, you know, they, they ended up at the spot where they, you know, started getting tattooed, right, without, you know, without too much care, right? Uh, artist A's, you know, uh, you know, holding on, right? Instead of just getting a local apprenticeship, they're, you know, they're really keeping out their artwork. They're going to online schools and classes. They're going to local art groups. Um, attending a ton of conventions. Remember, they're getting critiqued. Well, maybe not once a week, they can't afford it, but once every other week or once a month. Um, you know, artist B can't really go uh, without making the mentor jealous, you know, but artist A keeps on just meeting cool people and getting their portfolios critiqued that shows, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, it's costing money to do all that, right? They're not uh, there, but um, it's well worth it for them, right? So the two artists also differ about having something to say. This is what we're talking about with uh, um the spirit, right? Um, you know, the technical skills at this point might even be, you know, still pretty close. Um, you know, they're both making, you know, leaps. Uh, you know, maybe the difference isn't super great. Artist A, you know, has something to say, right? Uh, for better or worse, they're able to attract like-minded peers and clients. Uh, artist B's just kind of, you know, takes on their mentor's bad attitude, right? Not only uh, with networking, not really caring about meeting new people. Um, they kind of, some of them kind of even frown upon it, right? They just become grumpy and shit. Um, 
so bam, you know, it's like not only is the first artist here expanding their vision by traveling and uh, by actively seeking new people, uh, but they end up making just more solid connections in the process. And this, you know, helps with actually authentically, you know, caring about something, you know, uh, that will strike a chord, you know, with people, right? When you actually give a shit, you know, you know, well, again, you, you could attract whoever you want to. You can either attract people who give a shit or people who don't give a shit. I don't care. Um, I'm just telling a story here. Okay, so in any event, uh, at this point, artist B is always wondering, or artist A is always talking about this or that and doing benefits or whatever, uh, but they're still grabbing drinks together. Our, uh, uh, our apprentice hopefuls are uh, still friends. Um, okay, and now we've got a quote from Ben Franklin here. I'd be interested to know how many people in the chat rooms. Oh, come on, come on, Amber, come on, Kyle. You guys got to tell me about your apprenticeships. Sit so you two, uh, JP and Bradley. I know you're watching, unless my things aren't uh, updating here. Business plans are another, uh, and plans are essential, right? And we we know that the again things are never going to go according to plan. But on the other hand, when you have a plan, then you actually. Uh, can adjust appropriately, right? And, uh, and again, part of it's like just having a map and knowing where you're going. Um, if you don't have like, you know, your mission and values set up, you know, you're just kind of doing things as opposed to like going somewhere. Okay, so now Day has finally landed their apprenticeship uh, through a convention connection, actually, uh, and they're off to the races. Um, now, Artist B is pretty much thrown to the wolves, right, which is kind of nerve-wracking, you know, it's great for your, you know, nerves uh, after you get through it, but um as I usually stick to the thing, if a client doesn't want it, they end up walking out, you know, but it's okay. They tattoo enough. Um, and now learning the basics and starting small, right? So it's like, um, again, this is where you really do just need to take your time. And especially with tattooing, I mean, I don't know, you know, same thing with the business. Like you could use the same uh, analogies, right? Like you just need to do a lot of small things to see what the effect is on the skin you know, you do the same thing in, in your marketing and whatnot and, and just seeing what's going to stick. Now, I have to say, like a bazillion people are asking me all the time about uh, social media. And what, what I have to, to say is like so often there's just really standard things that people can do that they don't have to worry about social media to like to get busy. Um, just starting small and, and with things like uh, uh, business cards, right? So Let's see, promoting original art. Okay, so I guess I'm getting a little ahead of myself. But let me tell you a little bit like just business cards. And this is a great compounding effect too. So let me know in the chat rooms, how many business cards do you give each of your clients? And hopefully some people have been watching these videos for a little bit and they're like, I give 10 business cards to every client, Gabe. And, and so so we have our two artists, right? We have our grumpy artist. He doesn't give a shit. He's never, he, you know, he's out of his business cards half the time. And then artist A, excuse me, you know, she's on top of her stuff, right? So there's always 10 business cards, every client, right? You know, thank you so much for getting tattooed by me. I really, uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful and feel honored that you would trust me with such a permanent mark on your body. Um, you know, if anybody, you know, compliments your tattoo, please give them a business card. You know, here's, here's a, you know, a set of five or 10 cards so that, you know, uh, you know, you can give them to somebody who compliments you because that's the best way for you to refer us, right? Obviously, Um Right now, let's just say you do that, right? So, so artist A is going to give ten business cards to every client. Um, say there's two clients, you know, a day, one or two a day. And if you're at a good shop, if you're doing, if 
your shop is promoting properly and giving out business cards to everybody, then you should be tattooing one or two people a day. Um, let's just say they're tattooing one person a day. That's uh, five days a week. That's 50 business cards, uh, you know, a, a week, right? Uh, and then if there's 50 times, let's say 50 weeks, say you tattoo 50 weeks, take two weeks off a year, maybe it's a little less or more, or maybe maybe take a little more time off. But let's just say it's 50 weeks That's because it's easy math. And what, 25 Hundred business cards. So we have one artist who isn't really giving out many business cards. Maybe they give out a couple hundred, and then there's another who's giving out twenty five hundred, right, um, a year. And so and those are all the people who want to get tattooed, right? So oh, that's a great tattoo. Does make a difference if it's a fucking upside down infinity symbol on a wrist, you know? Oh, who did that? Oh, you know, gave it a lasting impression tattoo. Here's a card. Um, it's amazing, right? And again, these are compounding effects over 10 years, right? That's fucking 25,000 business cards going out. Come on, it's amazing. Um, then, you know, match that with postcards, stickers, refrigerator magnets, you know. Uh, again, these are all things that people are doing, could be doing the, during their apprenticeship to promote their original art. And then ultimately figuring out, making sure that you're getting your supply advice from your mentors. Oh, shit. I don't know if, well, definitely on the replay, this uh, worksheet will be available. Um, this is our mission statement, right? So I, so often people will probably hear me talk about mission and values. And I have to say, after I went through my shirt show, it was the mission and values that actually got me through a bankruptcy and people saying horrible things and me failing miserably. Um, not a, yeah, kind of in that order, right? You know, like I didn't set the fires, uh, but you know, it was my responsibility for putting the sprinklers in, metaphorically speaking. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, when when I was getting you know down to the core of things, I was like, well, what is my mission and what are my values? And if I stick to that, I should be okay. Um, you know, th this is a you, you could do a search online for like mission and values, and you'll see all sorts of great. Um, uh videos right uh, simon sinek does a bunch uh, i think i have some in the courses you know that oh i'm not I'm not selling anything uh point is you want to know what your mission is and you want to know what your values are the mission is what you're going to be doing and your values are how are you going to do it and you'll see here uh a while back i um i think we had a little mini magazine i don't have one kicking around well i do have one kicking around here, so. uh and you can see there in our in our ad I ask, uh, or I don't even ask. I'm like, well, you know, this is the, these are the values that make uh, our tattoo shop tick, right? And it was pretty amazing because I remember years later I was at a tattoo shop in uh, in Wales, you know, and the tattooer uh, when we started talking about this stuff is like, oh, you know what? I remember you posted up a picture of of this. This is what it was of the magazine, and I remember I printed that out and I put it up in my station. And I was like, oh, my God. You know, and at this point, I was like still reading books about this stuff. I was like, oh, my God, that's fucking proof of it, right? It's like I, I went through the effort of identifying what was working, uh, you know, as far as our, our you know, quality, work ethic, honesty, longevity, intelligence, patience, right? Because I had, I had attracted people previously that were interested in the action and the money and the, whatever it is that they were that they saw going on that they were attracted to, but it was not the work ethic or it wasn't the honesty or it wasn't the longevity, right? And so by identifying the values, I was able to basically uh, get in sync with people, right? It's pretty cool. So yeah, uh, you can either check out that worksheet or find some of the other uh, 
other videos and stuff or or hit me up. I'm down with, with chatting about this shit. Okay, here we go. We've crossed the threshold now. Um, we are our artists, our two artists are now professional tattooers. And really, uh, at this point, the responsibility to improve, you know, now that our tattooers uh, are working on people has greatly increased, right? Um, you know, obviously, due, it seems to me, right, that uh, due to the nature of what tattooers are doing, you know, the sacred nature, uh, you really do have, uh, you got to be seeking uh, improvement. You have to improve your art. You have to, um, because you're work marking people for the life, you know, uh, uh, for, you know, a routine of education really is vital, I feel like, you know, and if you're not, then um, I feel like you're doing tattooing and your inner clients a disservice, you know, your best tattoo should be the last one. and. Um, Okay, so, you know, we have education, we have practice, let's, let's stick with this education and practice, you know, so so practice, again, clearly, practice uh, makes closer to perfect, right, um, but it really, it's practice with intention, you know, it's not simply repeating actions, simply repeating actions isn't practice, but like, again, repeating to, to figure out what it is that was working and what's not working, Um promotion right having a consistent brand right so now now these professional tattooers you know you you want to have a logo and uh a word mark and colors that are consistent a brand like you know when people see your your business cards and your posters and your stickers and your website you know should have the same it should be it needs to be consistent right and and the beauty of having like a, a mission and values right is that you know you can filter out filter almost everything through that um, you know, and, and it makes, uh, uh, your brand you know, easier to identify. I mean, in, in, in essence, you know, your, your brand, your colors and all this is going to convey, you know, your, your mission and values. And that's the beauty of you guys. You're all artists, right? So you get to do this all creatively. Um, you know, and, and you'll notice maybe even like some of the old institutions, they'll, um, have their values like and i mean and it's how this fucking cheesy ass posters start right that you have values in the posters that are around right and and and, and if you're not like living your values and it is bullshit right i remember interviewing somebody who was like you know i can't stand values-based companies i'm like oh my god i've spent the last five years like drilling values into into the business but they were working with companies that didn't actually believe in the values that they were proposing right so in any event um again promotion just needs to be consistent again, i'm sorry i'm my promotion but but you know, again, mission and values is everywhere and brand, it's very important. So what else we got? We got statistics. So this is keeping track of not just money, although you should keep track of your money, but really how about, you know, um, positive reviews, right? Positive reviews versus not, not just bad reviews, but positive reviews and bad reviews. Um, you know, keeping track of, you know, new customers and repeat customers, certainly keeping track of income, right? And, and the value per client, um, it would be interesting. How many how many people know their the value per client to themselves, not necessarily, or to the shop? Um, and and I'm great. I'm psyched. I've got a lot. Of, I got some action in the in the chat rooms. Thank you very much, everybody, for talking about your apprenticeships. Um, the next question is going to be about: Do you know how much each client is worth on average? It's pretty simple to figure out. You know your total income or total revenue. Uh, for the tattoos that month, uh, you know, divided by the number of people that you tattooed. And if you do that for like 10 months or a year, a couple of years, you can really hone in on a pretty awesome statistic, which is how much money do you make per client, right? And if you make, you know, $150 per client, that means, you know, you could spend $25 per client. Fuck it. You could go around and be like, Hey, I'll pay you $25. Come and get that. You don't have to go that far. Point is 
understanding your statistics means you get to make decisions based on those statistics. Um, and the supplies again, now these, you know, now our two professional tattooers are actually spending their money on better supplies and better equipment. And then worldview, you know, again, we have one of our, one of our artists is, uh, not really giving a shit still there just tattooing. They don't have to go anywhere. You know, they can tattoo locals and make a couple hundred bucks, you know, a couple hundred bucks a day, really even a hundred, hundred, 200 bucks a day, I guess these days it's inflation. Um, and then our, our first artist, artist A traveling the world right you know you know three times a year and maybe it starts off as once a year you know and then twice a year and then three times a year and then four times a year you know um always expanding the network again expanding the visual library the tattoos are just a little better because there's more to them right um and and what the what the tattoos say what the artwork says is just more wordly you know it's got a uh, more experience to it more oomph to it um okay so experienced professional tattooers okay now we're we have experienced pros um we're talking ah seven to 12 years and now at this point often tattooers are gonna have something to give back right hopefully something to add, maybe not to like to the massive tattoo world in general, but after seven and 12 years, definitely something to your tattoo shop uh, and to your local tattoo community. Right. Um, I mean, again, this is where if you do anything for 10,000 hours, you know, hopefully get good at it. And if you're not, you, know, you should probably find something else that you would get good at after 10,000 hours. Um, you know, often, you know, creating a, a small seminar like this will help you organize your thoughts and to which it in itself is incredibly useful you know, often uh, I try to encourage our tattoo shops or the tattoo shops that I work with when they're having their their shop meetings, hopefully every quarter, every month um, that they, you know, one of the artists is teaching something, right? You know, whether it be, I mean, even, you know, uh, a younger tattooer might know how to talk to people better than a grumpy old tattooer. Uh, the grumpy old tattooer definitely knows how to put tattoos in better uh somewhere in the middle might know have a skill with script or whatever right um and again just the 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 concept and the and the and the putting into practice teaching uh again it helps you organize your own thoughts and also reminds you that you should be seeking out um well, again, it, it, it just helps all around. It's amazing. And, and I'm not talking about making like three hour epic seminars. I'm just talking about 10 minutes of like, what do you have to give back? Um, now, at this point, uh, avoiding distractions um, is a, it's unbelievable. It's not unbelievable. It's perfectly predictable. I mean, you know, again, part of the beauty of tattooing and being a tattooer is that it's going to allow you to be whatever you want to be, right? And our two tattooers now, they've been tattooing 10 years, right? They're making pretty good money. Even the guy that's just hanging in his hometown, right? He's now doing $300 a day, $400 a day. You know, the other A might be doing, you know, $1,000 or $1,500 a day, right? But still, $400 a day, you can do whatever you want to, right? The point is, like I'm saying, tattooing will allow you to be anything that you want to be. And 
that's it, right? So like, you know, if you want to be an asshole, you could be a major asshole and still make 500 bucks a day, right? Like you could do all the se- uh, drugs, you could have all the sex, you could eat all the food, like gluttony, sloth, you could be as lazy, you kind of be as lazy you want to be. You know, if you make $1,000 a day, $1,500 a day, you know, there's nothing stopping you from working three days a month, really, you know? Um, and, you know, any number of excesses really can be distracting. And, um, you know, one has to be exceptionally focused, uh, and, you know, and solid in their egos to, to avoid, you know, I guess the seven deadly sins. I hate the, I hate the religious stuff, but, you know, you know, they, they classify things relatively good. Point is, um, you know, this, this spot here, this is like one of those spots, like you really have to just work on yourself and figure out, you know, and I have to work on myself just like everyone else does. Um, you know, what, what is it that is, uh, uh, if you if you bump it up to 12 right if you bump it up to 15 you know is it healthy or not right and you know so again my my lack of interest in money is horrible because if i'm in charge of millions of dollars and i don't give a shit about it then i don't have a lawyer to protect it you know um or or even the you know the sometimes even the knowledge right so like I said, this is where it's like, whatever it is that will be your weakness is going to be what is tested. It sucks. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. And you don't have to fucking go through it. Like I said, it's uncomfortable. Um, and, and in some ways it's like uncomfortable from here on out, if you're just going to always try to grow growth is, uh, you know, same thing, you know, it's, it's just like the gym, you know, you don't get stronger by like chilling, unfortunately. Um, so let's see here. What do we got going on here? Uh, ah, philanthropy. This is one of my favorites, right? Um, so another philosophy that will help uh, tattooer A, you know, because they they give a shit. Uh, but you know, one of the the philosophies and forces at work that's going to help them progress is a sense of philanthropy, right? The the attitude of giving back to to actually help others and, and to have that naturally, like not like just try to take advantage of people by like giving it enough to get, right? But like by truly helping others. Uh, by being a we person instead of a me person, um, you know, I'm not going to talk about politics much more than that. And I don't have to because uh, I know what's stronger. <laughs> okay. And then that sacrifice, you know, and again, this is this is kind of, you know, again, all these things are, are really in balance, right? Like, you, you know, if you're truly going to be exceptional at things, seems to me, that I've never really seen anybody do it without sacrificing a tremendous amount of time, you know, money, uh, friends, you know, sometimes family, you know, certainly video games, uh, you know, and again, like it's almost like it depends on what you want, you know, but if what you, in this case, you know, tattooer and tattooer B, they want to be Guy Aitchison or Nick Baxter or Ivana or Carrie Barber or whoever, right. They want to be one of these, tattooers of exceptional influence right um, or at least they think they want to be and so you know you know which one uh is sacrificing um their time their headspace uh you know what you know uh, uh, a couple of thoughts one is um i remember a musician once uh told me you know there's a you know the the you know the the uh uh 
parable, you know, in the music industry or whatever is like, as soon as you give up on your dream, someone else gets it. Right. So like, you just can't give up. Um, otherwise someone else gets it unless, you know, uh, it's, it's, it's terrific. I don't even know what to say except for, uh, okay. Uh, at this point also being engaged heavily in the industry again, you know, I mean, we all know awesome artists who will actually be engaged and then get the fuck out. Right. Because, um, you can be an awesome tattooer and tattoo every single day and be cool, but not be heavily engaged in anything, right? Like if you have your 30 to 50 clients, you could tattoo them. They come back with their friends and family, right? That's cool. And that's one of the beauties of it, right? Like all this drama and this craziness, like you don't have to engage in it. All You don't have to get on TikTok. You don't have to be a fucking movie star to be a tattooer. You can tattoo people. They come back with their friend. Awesome. Give them a great time. They come back with their friends and family. Now that said, the artists who want to be uh, exceptionally influential, you know, have to inherently be engaged heavily in the industry. Um, yeah, I would say. I, mean, I have no idea if anybody's watching. Oh, yeah, people are watching. Okay, cool. Um, Ah, thank you. Okay. Oh, some more comments here. I'll uh, definitely have a fun time catching up with everybody. And then we can zoom in after if anybody wants to zoom in. Um, we'll we'll be able to do so. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, obviously, guys, uh, uh, a wealth of information. And I, and I have to say, I've been working with them for uh, almost over over a decade, maybe, maybe, you know, closing in on two. And um, it's unbelievable. I, sometimes I'll be on a, on a conference call with him and I'm like, oh my God, this guy's so fucking smart. It's out of control. I don't even know how, how it got past me. Cause I have, you know, I, I work with him a couple of times a week. And, um, but the fact is, uh, you know, he, he's been very intentional about his environment, about the people he tattoos. And he is, yeah, I mean, he's a, a, a massive influence on, uh, on all of us. Um, and he's right. Like the part of, sometimes it's like, there's, you know, often there'll be tattooers that are here in their career, right? They're like, they've been working for 15 years, right? And they're taking the seminars or, or maybe they're working 12 years or eight years, anywhere between six years and 15 years. I've been doing this stuff. I keep doing this stuff. Like I'm taking the seminars, I'm taking the courses, I'm doing my business, I'm doing this stuff. Why am I not there? And it's sometimes, I mean, and again, it's not like, sometimes just having lived longer, like you could be like, actually you're doing it. Like, I don't even know what to say, except for all you had to do is keep doing it, right? Like, like sometimes, again, it's like a, a, a trek across the country or something. Sometimes you just have to keep driving to get there. It's like, you, you can't, like you could fly there sometimes, right? But it doesn't, it, it's, uh, and tattooing in this, in this case, it's like, you, you know, flying there doesn't get you the miles, right? You know, it's like the, 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 the trip is what gets you there. Um, Ah, oh. <laughs> I do. I, yeah, I said, it, it, the other thing about creating seminars is that 10 years later, when you uh, revisit them, uh, it takes on a whole new meaning, right? So th this slide here is all about like long term and short term vision. Um, you know, it's like the 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 difference between being wild and, and crazy and, and having a disciplined routine. Um you know, this is a storm, right? So, so, so often we're, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of nautical stuff already in, in tattooing to begin with. It's, it's part of the recent history, historical roots. Um, but you could think about like tattoo shops and, and a tattoo career, you know, and as I was saying earlier, like when it's calm seas, 
you know, it, that's not a test, right? It's really easy to be, you know, busy when it's easy. You know, it's really easy for a whole shop of 10 people to get along when it's easy. You know, it's when the storm is coming and it's like, oh shit, now it's time for us to do our jobs. Now we've got to be disciplined. Now we're counting on each other. That's when all of a sudden that wild and crazy falls apart. And we've seen this in hundreds of tattoo shops. The, the wild and crazy has a lower ceiling. I mean, it's cool. I like I like the I like interjecting wild and crazy. But you know, here's the thing. Uh, and Hannah H., Hannah said it. Hannah, uh, guy's sister, Hannah said it best. Um, when you have like a disciplined routine, you could actually be more wild and crazy, right? Like having a crew of people that are dialed in with each other and are disciplined, and they and they have the routine down means when it's time to improvise. They can do it and they can do it together like a band that's that's tight or whatever right like and if if you have a pirate ship of just wild and crazy people then when it's time to to do something together it just ain't gonna happen and again you know one of the things although i'll also often say with tattoo shops is uh you know even pirate ships do have an all hands on deck meeting right like there is a discipline in a pirate ship <laughs> or at least in the ones that are uh ones that were good so okay uh let's see where are we at here Ah, Jose, how are you, man? Uh, things are pretty good. Uh, they certainly have been worse. We should uh, catch up. You're still in the area, I think. Um, awesome. Okay, let me. Uh... Oh, I got uh, no, no. I got a quote from somebody. Okay, so let's see. So let's uh, start the trek all the way up. Artists of exceptional influence. Oh boy. Okay, so we just talked about our experienced professional. Tattooers, uh, which now leads us to the fun part of the story. And I guess fun for me because I don't actually ever have to play this game. <laughs> um, it's difficult to find an exceptionally influential artist who hasn't been refining their skills for long periods of time. Right. I mean, that means like, like the actual technical skill. Again, they, they've their disciplined routine of self-improvement compounds over time. So after 20 years or 30 years of like always paying attention and trying to do it better, these are the artists that are masters of their craft. There might be outliers that pick that shit up or have fucking brains that do the things, right? But like, guy didn't get where he was because of anything other than he spends time improving himself. Other people go to sleep and he, he fucking draws. So you go to sleep. I can almost guarantee that when you go to sleep, guy fucking starts a sleeve drawing and fucking draws for two hours, right? Unless you're going to sleep at three in the morning, right? And... um you know, it's that disciplined routine of self-improvement that that compounds that that gets gets people there, right? And again, I'm not like suggesting that you kill yourself and work, right? Like, but but you need to have that disciplined routine of self-improvement. Um, you know, after spending you know many years, uh, you know, working hard and producing amazing results, you know, the artists of exceptional influence are often you know true leaders, right? And this means, you know, whether whether naturally or learned, the understanding leadership theories and skills or techniques you know, will help you reach more people, right? And in this part, I, I've i had to work on tremendously and I still have to work on like, you know, some, some people will end up with more influence than they have skills to lead, which is really rough to watch, right? You know, I mean, I did a, I, I mean, I had a pretty rough ride with, with my leadership. Um, you know, I've watched people that have 400,000 followers say utter crap. And it's like, oh my God, you don't understand. Like you're, you have 400,000, well, not 400,000, you know, you have 4,000 of the 400,000 people listening to you. Like, you can't say that shit. Um, you know, 
in any event, um, you know, so when we find problems uh, that, that no one else has the answer to, uh, you will often find an artist uh, who creates it, right? So, or who creates the solution? Um, oh, oh my, uh, okay, master of craft, experienced leader. Okay, so so again, so leadership, um, be intentional about it, you know, like a lot of people get it naturally or not naturally, but a lot of people tend towards it naturally. You know, the military is great with leaders, you know, uh, the, the leadership in the corporate sector and the business world is kind of fucked. Like, I, I think that we want to influence it in a positive manner. Um, but that said, you know, I'm sure that most people here have kind of gone out and explored the vanilla, you know, business world, right. Where it's like, uh, or the natural business world where there's, you know, leaders and, and, and again, for me, like, you know, a Simon Sinek is kind of one of my favorites. Uh, Nancy Dorte is awesome. Um, yeah. In any event, you know, as a, as a, like a loner computer geek for me, I'm like, I don't need to be led by anybody and I don't want to lead anybody. But the fact is, if you want to be an artist of exceptional influence, you are going to be influencing people. So you want to learn those skills. Um, oh shit, it's nine o'clock, so I'm on an hour here and I've got, uh, oh no, okay, I guess we're, we're doing pretty good. Um, okay, so then creating the avenues of promotion, right? So this is where, you know, uh, like Tony Rommel um, created his magazine or or Jeff Gogway. Does everybody have Jeff Gogway's new magazine? Everybody online, do you have Jeff's new magazine? Jeff and Laura Olinjar? Um, he, you know, again, he created these, like there's no magazine. I mean, this thing's out of control, how fucking awesome it is and every part of it is made with the love of the tattoo world right and you know you can do it right jeff did it jeff and laura did it um when 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 you want when when you when you're working hard enough and you like you see the the void of what's not there often this is where the artists of exceptional influence are, are hopping in there, uh, you know, creating avenues of, of distribution. You know, so this is where you know, Derb uh, was a, a, an awesome influence. Right. So he, he saw um, the void there. Like and again, often this is happening because whatever it is that's interesting. Not even interesting, whatever it is, that's like obsessing, you know, said artist. Is where they're going to be uh, trying to come up with solutions you know, to, to, to those problems that they're finding. And, and they have creative ways to do it, right? Um, you know, designing tattoo supplies, you know, truly becoming innovators. And again, this is where, you know, the first our first artist has traveled the world now for 20 years, you know, 15 to 20 years, uh, four four times a year has been traveling and getting critiques, you know. They they have such a pile. And again, as, you, as artists, you can imagine, like not only is their visual library expanded, but their brain palette has expanded, right? The, 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 Concepts that they have to pull from when they're thinking of solutions to problems are, are greater. Evidently, their spelling, my spelling, hasn't gotten any better. Um, innovator. Maybe I was thinking about trying to go to inns. If anybody wants to do small events at inns, I love inns. Anyways, um, and then the persistent brand, right? So, you know, for 15 years or 20 years, if someone's had, like, you could think of, like, Nick Baxter, like, somebody who's just had a consistent brand right you know um is is always going to be uh more powerful than you know people who uh, have random kind of you know that, that don't um and, and and often some some artists the, their brand actually becomes what makes them that uh brings them into that exceptional influence um you know and then often embracing the community i mean i guess 
I mean, I guess at some point we, we've seen some personalities, you know, become celebrities beyond the tattoo world, you know, that don't embrace the community. But I don't know. For, for me, the the artists of exceptional influence that are embracing the community, the, the, I mean, their goal is to give back to the community that has uh, supported them for so long. Uh, again, it's that back and forth of uh, and it's tough because there's so many assholes and there's so much bullshit and there's so much drama. I mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to say, except for like, you know, you know, you kind of got to love, you kind of got to love it. You have to love the community, I guess. I don't know. It's it's, it's crazy because um, it's like loving a hurricane or something that's out of control. It is out of control. Anyways, embrace it. Okay. I think we're getting to the end. Okay. Sit up, put some energy into the answer. Oh, that's uh excuse me that's my notes okay get some blood flowing again how's everybody doing are you everybody feeling positive and healthy take a big breath okay i'm gonna take a, a sip and uh we're going to recap and then do some q a actually we're going to do a recap i'm going to read off some of the comments then we'll do some Q&A. Okay. Oh, shit. I just... Uh... Bear with me here, people. Hey, there's more people watching now than there were when we started. Okay. Okay. Here we go. So anyone can be an artist of exceptional influence. Start here. Promotion. So if you're interested in a free sample membership to Tattoo Now so that you can update your portfolio, let me know. I can help you with, uh, why is that? Oh, that's in the promotion section. Uh, practice, you want to make sure that you're practicing. So email me, Gabe at TattooNow.com. Tell me that you watched this video. Um, practice, you need to really practice as much as possible. The responsibility really is on you. I mean, and again, if you're not tattooing, don't fucking go fishing. Fucking draw, paint, you know, uh, do five to 10 hours of professional development a month and it's one or two hours a week. Just, you know, let me, you know, yeah, that's a great uh, question, actually. I mean, and I know that it's going to be kind of stacked, but let me know in the in the comments sections, uh, how, how many hours a month are you doing of professional development of stuff like this? Like this, we've, we've, we're on an hour of, uh, of professional development. Um, I'd be, be curious to know. Um Supplies, make sure you're always uh, making more do so you can buy the best supplies. Spirit, let's see, Wheel of Life link, make decisions. Oh, I do have, uh, 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 you know what? Let me just fly through this shit, right? We've already talked about all this. Um, oh, hey, networking. So one thing that we should do is everybody should drop their inst <laughs> Instagram handles or their website address into the comment section so that everybody that's watching can then kind of cross pollinate and uh, you could all network, network with each other. Um, you're all already of similar ilk if you're watching this for this long. And uh, okay, so this is a summary. I'm gonna restate my main points and reuse photos. No, that's not true. Uh, the business of tattooing has been the focus of my work. And, and as the tattoo community grows, um, I feel that doing our part to keep the negative forces marginalized and to help shape the industry uh, to value quality and integrity and hard work, it really is imperative. 
you know, we've seen the effects of the international corporations and what they do uh, when co-opting, you know, a cultural art form, right? I mean, I don't know how many people are in the music biz, but man, it's, it's fucking horrendous. You know, the, the presence is only going to grow as the industry does. I wrote this fucking 10 years ago. Um, and I'm not saying anything against the conglomerates that sponsor our events, I guess. But, you know, but as a unique art tattooers, you, you really do have direct control over, you know, your work in a, in a very unique way. Um, you know, tattooing uh, really has a, an immensely strong spirit, you know, and, and, and I trust that it's going to take care of itself. Um, but always, I mean, the, uh, want to affect positive change. But, you know, so, so here's the thing, right? Like, I don't, tattooing is going to take care of itself. It's a, it's a spirit greater and larger than all of us. But that said, I always want to make sure that I'm trying to affect the positive change on it when, pos when possible. And, you know, as big business is coming or, or it's here, you know, uh, you know, even despite the fact that I don't really like public speaking, you know, the game is on. Right. You know, the the, the starting gun went off when TV picked up on tattooing, you know, the, the media conglomerates are going to do, you know, what they've done to the previous arts and business and opportunities, you know, um, like tattooing is a difficult thing to try to make into a commodity if you, the tattooers, don't let it, right? Like you could spend your money who with who you want to and you could, I mean, you are actually literally the people that are affecting it. Um, so I don't know. Yeah, learn business, you know, work on it. Otherwise, uh, someone else will. And and I don't know. I, I guess mostly I just want everybody here to have a, a positive influence on the tattoo world. And um, yeah. Okay, I guess uh, I'm wrapping up here. Tattooing is a difficult thing to make it to work in your business as well, isn't it? Okay, so I guess this is a, a Q&A section. Um, I'm going to leave this up here and read off some of the awesome comments because I was asking about them. Thanks again, everybody, for, for tuning in. Um, let's see what we've got here. Um, so JP Mumney, uh, locally, it seems like private studios, uh, no walk-ins are growing in number while street shops are declining. What is my view on that across the industry? Okay. Well, okay. So this is, uh, something I feel like has always been an issue. You know, I think that all of the issues are getting amplified, right? Um, for me, having a tattoo shop means that you have enough energy to be able to create an environment that is not replicatable in a private studio, right? I mean, I get two, two, two things. One, I think it's awesome. If there's not any good tattoo shops in the area that suits your environment, then fucking make one, right? You could do that. It's not super trivial, but you could do that. Um, I mean, and I do think, and I come from an era where it's like, I, I want to work with tattooers that are contributing. And if you're contributing, that means you're bringing in more business than taking away. You're not taking away any business. Um, now that said, you know, if you're working at a private studio by yourself, you know, you're, you're missing out on all of that professional development, the, the critiques, you know, walking a client around the studio to show them off, to be able to walk that client around the studio to get the critique afterwards. Um, you know, I mean, at, at the tattoo shops that I used to own, we were sending people, you know, to Japan, right, on, on pilgrimages around the world to, to, to study with the best tattooers. I'm looking at the completely wrong camera. Um you know, those were things that we were able to do as a tattoo shop because we had, you know, a lot of artists that most shops couldn't do and certainly you couldn't do as a private studio. So I think that ultimately it puts the onus on the tattoo shop owners to make sure that they're producing an environment, creating an environment that tattoo artists just can't replicate. And the fact is, if you're a tattoo shop 
And any of your artists can just rent a spot for 1500 bucks down the street and replicate that environment, then they probably like, you know, no harm, no foul. You should be creating a better environment, you know, do those art nights where you're bringing everybody together, like, like literally spend the dough to get the shit happening. Right. So that's my thought uh, uh, on private studios. Right. So, so artists that open up private studios, that's awesome. They're creating an environment that they want to, they're going to have to make sure that they're, networking with people doing maybe things like this or traveling to conventions or, or bringing guests artists through so they have you know they're not just working solo um and tattoo shops you know you, you just always got to keep working hard to make sure that uh you're producing enough value so that tattooers can do it and i, and I have to say there are enough tattooers out there that would love to be able to walk into a shop do two consultations a day and then tattoo three hours on one person, three hours on another person, and then go the fuck home, not worry about it. Give them, you know, 40%, sure. 30% sure to the shop, you know, like, yeah. I mean, I, I think that, you know, the, the, a lot of people will say that the era of big tattoo shops is over. I'm not going to get back in the ring. So I'm not going to like necessarily uh, argue with that too much, but on the other hand, I think that it's always happened. And a lot of it really is on the shop owners just to be able to create that environment. Um, Okay, uh, so Bradley uh, Robinson, hey, Bradley, uh, my apprenticeship was very difficult to land because I was in the army and a lot of the shops refused to work with me because I would be gone at a moment's notice, but I was dedicated and didn't quit. Uh, you know what, and I think that both uh, points of view are probably uh, all right, right, you know, because um, the reason why a tattoo shop would teach somebody is ultimately either, well, usually it's so that the artist will then tattoo there. And right now, tattoo shops need badass tattooers, like there's, you know, uh, we need, you know, if you're an awesome tattooer, look me up. I could get you to a great tattoo shop. There's so many shops that are looking. Um, and so, you know, if you're in the army and you're moving around and ultimately if you're in the army, that is your, uh, you know, your, your focus. And obviously you learn how to, to get, get past. I know Jesse Smith was also in the army. He was tattooing people in the, in the barracks and whatnot. Um, okay. So, see, so, and Brad, uh, so Bradley, you give two cards to every client along the sticker pack and anointment. That's awesome. You might try for a month, give them 10. I don't think anybody's going to give eight of them back, right? And then all of a sudden, they're almost, you can almost start, I don't want to say training your clients, but like if a client has 10, they're more likely to, you know, that's that's an in, you know, it's, you know, so it's a subtle way, you know, to say, hey, give more out. And then when they're out of them, often you'll find people are going to come back. Hey, I gave out all those cards. Could I have some more to give out? Also, uh, I think we're, oh, we're not quite in sales pitch time yet, but uh, in 15 minutes, um, you could uh, help with uh, affiliates. We have an affiliate scheme set up so that, oh, anyway, okay, so let's see here. So JP, uh, I apprenticed under a program called Reinventing the Tattoo. Ah, guys are fucking badass. Um, unbelievable wealth of knowledge. After a year of practice, I was able to start working at a street shop. Awesome, JP. Uh, after three years in a pandemic, I didn't feel like I could do my best work in a street shop. So I opened up a private studio that's art focused. I did have a couple of decades of art interest prior to picking up a machine. And it seems like the art side of the industry is also on the rise quality over quantity. Yeah. A thousand percent. Um, although, uh, at the height of my tattoo shop, I was like, I was a little, I was, you know, I had the Hoovers. I was like quality and quantity. We were fucking busting out so many fucking badass tattoos. It was amazing. Um, but you know what that, uh, that art interest prior to picking up a machine again, things are changing, right? Like back in the day, you know, you could be a teenager and learn how to tattoo and actually do and we, I, I know plenty of artists that are, you know, picked it up when they were teenagers. And uh, I love that. I do. Um, that said, 
the last couple of apprentices that you know we brought out in the tattoo shops were illustrators. You know, like not only were they fucking illustrators, they were fucking bad ass illustrators. Like they're sick. They're still sick. Like even you know, and um, so those are the people that we really want to bring in, right? So if you're an apprentice, like I wouldn't even. I mean, you do what you want to do, but like the the goal of an apprentice is to contribute. The goal of any artist is to contribute to the shop, right? So like, but the apprentice. You know, if you, if you're a if you take five years, eight years, ten years to to hone your art skills, then you have something to contribute to to a tattoo shop, your art skills. Um, so yes, so uh, the the bar the love the bar is rising for everybody. Um, and then it was Jose. Uh, nice to, to catch up with you, uh, Bradley. So many hours. I'll start keeping track. I never thought to keep track of that, but that's exciting. Uh, he's talking about keeping track of professional development and Bradley's clearly keeping up on all the stuff. He came out to a couple of the events and, um, so, okay. So JP mommy, what about a private studio with multiple artists, the best of both worlds? Yeah. You know, and here's the thing, right? We didn't, I didn't hone in on the mission and values, right? Or all, it all, it like, in as with every answer, really, it's like, it depends, you know, it depends on what the mission is, but your, to your point, um, having a private studio that has like, say three booths that's off the beaten path. So everybody can stay focused. Sounds like a fucking cool gig to me, you know, unless, uh, you're looking for like action and, and five people to, you know, be around I, again, part of the beauty of tattooing is you get to craft your, your environment. Right. Um, so if you feel like that would be the best of both worlds, voila, it will be. Um, okay, so let's see. So Kyle, uh, working great, Morgan. Okay, so James Wisdom. Okay, the shop I got my apprenticeship in was far from my hometown, but they were best shop in town, and they introduced me to the work of Guy Ajoson. Again, you know, reinventing a guy is clearly uh, unbelievable, and we're, um, we're all very thankful. Uh, Kyle, it took me a few years to get into an apprenticeship with a specific artist. Um, took a while for the timing to work out, and that's that's you know one of the things I was talking about. Oh, it's in the Zoom. So let me um, Zoom link is coming. So let me uh, stop the share. Um, explore. Fuck that tattoo now. It's the business roundtable one. Um, but I need to tell people what it is because otherwise you can't get to it. Uh, I sent an email out earlier. I apologize, everybody. Oh, you know what? I'll just drop this shit in the uh, in the chat. Justin, if you want to uh, unmute yourself and hop on, that'd be cool too. Um, participants. Copy invite link. Okay, give me two seconds, everybody. I'm just dropping out this link to folks. Uh, be your business. Uh... Aha! Got it. It is... going out in all of the chat rooms okay hey we got a bunch of people dropping out their uh, instagrams facebook go screw okay 
So the YouTube channels have uh, the Zoom. I think it'll just pop in. Okay, so then let me um, get back to screen share real quick. Okay. Oh, that's a uh, that's a content calendar. But let me get to uh, hey mango mango. We're just wrapping up here, but we're doing a Q and A, and I'm reading off. I think I got through most of the comments now, though. So uh, I do have a couple more, one or two more slides that people would probably dig. Um, so I'm going to play from current slide. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so this here is a is this playing? Hey, I got a. Uh... Hey, James, how goes it? Hey, Gabe. The uh, do do you have any uh, uh, questions or comments to to, to start with or? Uh... Uh... Yeah, let me stop sharing. How goes it? Well, I really enjoyed the presentation. Um, and I think, you know, I, I identified with a lot, but also, you know, it's, it really helped to sort of, you know, it pointed me at things, you know, areas uh, of opportunity. Right? Awesome. <laughs> well, and you've been around, like, so, so James has uh, been teaching art for, how long have you been teaching, like, officially teaching art? Um, well, I, uh, I started teaching art when I was in uh, when I was in college, and then um, and then I taught at uh, I taught at college for uh, uh, four years. Awesome. So, um, but I've been but I've been tattooing. Uh, I've been back to tattooing. Um, tattooed for about thirteen years, and then I took about ten years off. <laughs> and then so so <laughs> it's a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Uh, but I'm back, uh, and it's been great. And um, so, uh, professional development-wise, I've I've been I've been like sort of just uh, immersed in this community, and I'm doing that uh, almost every day. <laughs> oh, mm -hmm. just about every day. I'm doing, you know, I'm doing, you know, I'm I'm in the the classes with Guy, you know. So the there's a there's a lot of content to um, to consume and to like, you know activities to do uh and then i'm i'm working with tattoo now which has been amazing and i mean i just like you know i, I wish there were more hours in the day right uh, I, I hear you a thousand percent um well hey so let me uh, i'm gonna show this uh people are still on i have this slide at the very end because i'm not sure how it goes but i really love it and um it basically it shows here i was looking for well, I was looking for this slide here, right? So this here is like a wheel of life where you could like you map out your different uh, sections of of your life, and then you could like rank them, and you could figure out where you have your flat tire. You know, you really want to have you know a nice. Uh, but then what I found was because this is just very useful, and I and I often will put my values in in there. Oh shit. Um, you know, you, you can put your values in here, so then you can like gauge how well a decision is uh, balanced off your values. But what I found was this one here, and I don't know if it's gonna hit anybody else the way that it hit me. 
uh, and I don't even know how to find it, so you might just screenshot it. But this is like uh, a this is like a path of life, a wheel of life. I don't know, you know. And, and there's different uh, philosophies that have different versions of them, but this was just real straightforward, right? And it starts over here in birth, stage one, early childhood, the innocent in the nest. You know, the task is the ego formation and the care of innocence. And the gift is luminous presence, the center of gravity, spirit, right? This kind of goes through the middle childhood, early adolescence, right? You know, early adolescence, the, the Thesbin and the Oasis, uh, creating a secure and authentic social self, right? The gift of fire. Man, my daughter's uh, late adolescence now, but like oh, like just watching people go through this, Um and then in some ways, I think when I saw this, it was like, I don't know, it was like late adolescence or, yeah, you know, you, you could see tattooers get stuck or you could see people get stuck in places, right? And so it's like when somebody's like, I don't want to grow up, it's like, wait, like, you know, the, the you know, early adulthood, right? Like you get, you know, this is where you get the gift of visionary action and inspiration where you start to like think about, you know, cultural depths, you know, uh, and ultimately, right, you can't become the, you know, the sage in the mountain cave, where you're tending to the universe and your gift is grace and your center of gravity is the cosmos, right? You can't get here if you never want to grow up. And um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just kind of saw the, when I, when I kind of saw this, I was like, oh man, I could see where people get stuck. I could see where, I don't know. I, I just love the fact that um, there's so many different ways to, I don't know, to kind of track what the fuck is going on and where the hell we're going and what we're doing and, um, I don't know. Mostly I, when, when I see this slide here, I was like, you know, I really hope people could, you know, if they take a peek at it, they, they could figure out why they would want to actually grow up. Anyways, that's it. That's all I got. I guess I believe like, like uh, you know, the goal uh, of that that wheel of life you showed is it's probably like you know almost like a return to innocence like a you know becoming a child again you know but growing up first and then exactly being, like that yeah being able to be like uh i don't know like uh not dragged down by the weight of um you know of your life <laughs> you know it's but, not easy no <laughs> you know um, and it's not guaranteed, right? Like, I mean, I guess the other thing is we all, I mean, I guess, I mean, now, yeah, now we're getting back into the, into the philosophical, but it's like, if, if you don't live every day, like it could be the last and I mean, you kind of have to, and, uh, you don't have to, uh, but I try to, um, because we know the bad news is coming. I mean, that's, that's all it breaks down to Right. And, uh, you know, if we're lucky, you know, we get the full life cycle and, um, so, you know, there we go. But, but I'm at it. Thanks for, uh, for, for watching. Thanks for watching everybody. Um, I think, uh, I think we're good, James. We're, uh, catch up with you tomorrow morning, bright and early, huh? Yes, sir. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Well, right. cheers. Th thanks again. And, uh, we'll catch everybody, uh, in the future.